Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Figus Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, doing a little ditty. That's right, I was doing I Dream of Genie. <laughs> Accompanied by our sponsor, the ever-vescent glowing ray of sunshine in the collector world, Suzy Q's. Hi, everyone. I found out something very interesting. So when I when I do this podcasting thing of mine, I I see where the the podcast is yeah. downloaded. And I was surprised to see we have a fan in Ireland. We do, and I know who that fan is. See, and that's even funnier to me because I'm like, okay, cuz I see like I got like a fan in Guatemala. Oh, that's cool. It is. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how well I translate translate Translate. <laughs> wow. No, folks, I haven't started drinking yet. Uh, but yeah, so like you know, Guatemala. I don't know how well I translate there, but okay. And then to find out, Ireland. Yes, is your friend. Uh, it is my friend Rachel. She's studying uh, an advanced degree at in Ireland in Dublin. And we miss her terribly. And Rachel, you're the best. And thanks for checking us out every week. Yes. Thank you for listening, Rachel. We appreciate it. Your no prize is in the mail. Uh, so keep an <laughs> eye out for that. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate you listening. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully our laughter is not too infectious. Well, well, I mean, well. you you know, I'm such a good audience. I you laugh, are. I laugh at just about anything. No, there are a few duds that I've thrown <laughs> at you. Although you laughing at me doing the I Dream of Genie dance over here was actually pretty funny. So. Yeah. Of course, me doing the I Dream of Genie <laughs> dance is, is pretty funny. Oh, where have we been? Where have we done? So there's been so much going on in the last couple of weeks since last time Susie was here, since I was on the air. We've done a couple of interviews that will be landing this week. Uh, Monty Michael Moore was in studio, so that will be up shortly. Finally got Monty and our schedule to um, coexist, so Monty was able to take time out of his schedule. So his interview will be posting soon. I'm sorry I missed him. I love Monty. Monty's great, and Monty and I have a very long history together uh and him to be able to sit down and him and i a lot of the conversation off mic was kind of like right you know hey have you seen this person how's this guy doing you know have you talked to this person so it was kind of nice to to catch up with monty a little bit because we realized that uh, it's decades that him and i've known each other yeah so it's kind of it's kind of fun to touch base and just I, I don't know about you, but in my mind, I'm still 17. And oh, so absolutely. when I when I realize that I've known someone for 30 years, it's like, oh, yeah, ouch. It, it, it's a bit of a kick to the nads because I'm like, I still feel. <laughs> 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 and I'm sure many of the people out there will confirm that I kind of still am, you know, a little little juvenile. <laughs> I have my moments. I have my moments of responsibility. Yeah, I've seen him. You have? Yeah. You've I've been present for I've them. I've seen you do, like, real grown-up work before. <laughs> yeah, done grown-up work. <laughs> God, that sounds awful. <laughs> I've seen Smurf do grown-up work. Yeah. Just like Red one day, she's all like, you know, want some donuts? And I'm like, I'd do donuts. 
not often, but I do them. I'm just like, eh. Eh. <laughs> That's kind of the way I approach being a grown-up. Eh. Yeah. But when you, I think, here's the problem. When you, when you grow up too fast, when you're forced into situations like you and I be, being thrusted into corporate America. Right, right. I think there's a natural regression. <laughs> when we stop. <laughs> when we stop. <laughs> Because there's so much I missed. I mean, I, I, I owned my first comic book store when I was just a wee long, young little lad. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't flouncing around Fan Expo in a twirly skirt all weekend. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> I was just happy. I was happy to meet Stuart. Oh, Stuart. Stuart was great. Stuart Lundy is yes. my hero. He, I can understand why the man is a very charismatic ray of of just optimism and humor i mean he's absolutely freaking hilarious he is so funny Mm -hmm. and his wife marcy you didn't didn't get to meet marcy Mm -mm. um they are the most stunning wonderful funny kind humans i have ever met uh i love them so much no, and they were spectacular, and, and Stuart was, was gracious and nice, and we chatted a little bit, and thank you for listening, Stuart, and we'll try to keep you entertained, and <laughs> I'll try not to be right on a lot of other topics like, you know, Squid Games and all of that. I'm so furious you were right about that. <laughs> we had to pause it. <laughs> when I realized that you were right, I had to stop the show, and I just had... A tiny little tantrum. I was like, ugh, Smurf was right. Oh, I hate that. You know um, what? The, you're probably not the first person <laughs> to do that. I know on many occasions people have just got, God damn it, why was Smurf right? Right. I, it sucks. Yeah. I I am not being very observant lately. I missed Agatha Harkness on Vision, WandaVision. I didn't see this twist on Squid Games. I'm... I'm I don't know if you've missed out. I just think you. It, it sometimes you just. I think it you, you, it catches you at the right moment, and you're like, "Oh, here yeah. it is," and the pieces line up. I don't think it's it's not being in or out. It's just like that moment when you're like, "Well, shit balls. This is what happens." Well, that's really kind of you to overlook my lack of observance. But well, I, I did that to somebody else <laughs> last week in Vegas. I was talking to a guy. Oh, he was talking about how bad his golf game is. And I'm like, it's probably a good thing your golf game sucks. Because uh, it, when you get up in years, twisting your spine back and forth like that is not a good thing. It's not how your body is built. So twisting is, is probably good. So you're, you're, you're saving your spine. And he's all like, that is an excellent excuse. Thank you. It's like, it's not an excuse. It's science. It's just how shit works. I got to tell my dad that. He's been golfing in the house. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Especially in the collectibles in your house. Is, well, he, is he putting with the dog or what? Well, they don't live at my house. Oh. They, they live down the road. Well, but... I could just see him just coming over to your house and doing a par nine or something. Well, he could. I, Winston would take all the golf balls and hide them in the yard. He is not a fetcher. He wants you to throw <laughs> the ball. But then you never see it again. So, so it's a quick game. Is it, is, it is. It is. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. He hoards all. He has one of those electronic ball launchers, and mm. if you, yeah, if you put all the tennis balls in that, he'll he'll get them and gather them all up, I and love then that idea. Lay, like a little dragon, he lays on the hoard of tennis balls and will wow. not bring them back. I like that. Sounds like Max. I can't touch Max's little basket of toys because he gets pissy with me. Yeah, and and to have a pissed off bangle is not a good idea. <laughs> Max is very chesty. <laughs> 
Uh, what do we got going? So speaking of Fan Expo, how did you do? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Jesus. Yeah. All it right. was on me. so great to be back home in Denver with our people. I, uh, You didn't see me on Friday evening, I but the first people up our aisle on Friday evening were friends of ours. Yeah. And as soon as I saw them, I burst into tears of what? joy. I was so happy. Such, I was so you're happy. You're such a girl sometimes. Really? I yeah. hadn't, hadn't, hadn't noticed. Hadn't figured that out. <laughs> I was thrilled. Uh, and the whole weekend was like that. We, I mean, I saw so many of our friends that we haven't seen in years. The showrunners. <clears throat> right. I need, this is all seriousness, right? Okay. Serious business. The Fan Expo showrunners are a delight. They were so <laughs> easy to work with. Okay. And um, you, uh, you know, but not everybody knows, I was trying to get out of there on Sunday night to go to a funeral on Monday. Right. Uh, when we talked about that with the showrunners on site, they were like, oh, how can we help you? How can we make this horrible wow. situation for you a little bit easier? And they were so accommodating. And again, Fan Expo team, I will never ask for another favor. <laughs> uh, that's not my jam. I don't like to ask for things from people. Nice. Uh, but right. they were so accommodating. And the run of the show was great. I'm just so happy. Did you make table? Oh, way more than that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Even even Jeremy came to me on Sunday morning, and he's like, you have to stop giving people discounts just because you're so happy to see them. <laughs> wow. So even, right. even after I gave away the farm, it was our most profitable venture this year. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I know a lot of vendors were not as fortunate. Well, we're lucky, and I heard that too. Right. Um, a lot from a lot of people who don't live here. All right. So we have the advantage. We live here. the The people who bought tickets are our friends. They're locals. They were looking for us. Uh, we even had not a great placement, and still were able to catch up with everybody. Um, I see with the lowered attendance, I can see how it wasn't the best show for a lot of people. Well, even where you were at, I mean, it wasn't bad because your 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 social circle. I mean, every time I went by or Brett Leader <laughs> one and I went by, you had like a little party going on over there and it's funny because you and I were talking off mic about Jeremy's sales skills. Oh my gosh. And Jeremy. And, and his tactic, which kind of is the equivalent of a creeper waving to his next victim. Except he doesn't look creepy. He doesn't look like a creepy, but if I did that, I'd be in jail the next hour. I know, and we've we've actually talked about this before, you and I. Jeremy has some kind of a presence that as he's standing behind the table grinning and waving at people, it is non-threatening. Everybody comes over to see what he's doing. They wave back at him. It's a lot of fun. But if I did it, no one would come near the table. <laughs> no, I can't teach that. In all the yeah. years of me doing sales and, and teaching people, there is no way that I could I can teach whatever Jeremy does. Because it's like this non-gender biased, innocent wave and oh, yeah. grin. And it is... It is damn funny to watch because I'm sitting off to the side. I don't know what you were. Oh, you were doing something for Brett. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm just watching Jeremy. And there's this one person that's walked by twice. And each time he's giving them the wave, the third time they come over. And I'm like, oh, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. 
it also, people will look at Jeremy and wave back and then walk away and turn around and come back and be like, oh, hey, man, like they know each other <laughs> uh, because, uh, because we, convention goers, yes. are not the most socially no. advanced group. And so we don't want to look foolish. And so we'll just pretend that we know each other, even if we don't. I mean, that's, I have so many friends that that's what happened. Like, I just waved at them as they went by, and they thought that we knew each other, and then just synced up. Hey, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm great. No idea who this fucker is. I don't, yeah, I don't know how he, well, I know how it came about. Jeremy is the king of the introverts. Yes, that is true. He um, is very quiet and would always rather be at home with his own people than out in the world. Uh, but he wanted to help me. You, ma- you make him sound like Lothar of the Hill people. <laughs> no, he's got good manners. He just wants to be at home. Uh, uh. But when we started, when we started this process, he wanted to make Susie Q successful because right. he wanted me to be happy. And so he goes out there, bless his heart, every show day when he would rather pull his own teeth out <laughs> and sells his little heart out. He does. And, I mean, it It says my name on, on everything. It says Susie Q on everything. But it's really a two-person operation. And we, we couldn't do it without Jeremy. No. It just wouldn't. It just wouldn't happen. No. And, and <laughs> I get it. And it's fun to watch. But Jeremy is the linchpin. If, if we lost Jeremy, that would probably be a very... It would very tragic. End. Could you imagine you and me and Red trying to, and Lori trying oh, to make Susie no. Q's go without Jeremy? Hell no! <laughs> There's not a chance. It would be chaos. It would be drunken chaos. It would it just would, be chaos. yeah. It would be drunken chaos. It would be drunken would chaos be... because as soon as the the wine hit, right? We could be about like noon or eleven, depending upon the patience that we have for other people. And that's the other thing that I'm very impressed with Jeremy. His patience for people is. Far exceeding my own. It really is. There's there's more beer than you see. Not during, not when we're working, but in the <laughs> evening. I believe that. Um, Knowing Jeremy as I do now, <laughs> I do believe that. Uh, but it's easy because when, I mean, we're with our own, we're with our tribe there. We're with our family. And right away, even if we don't know each other, we all know that we have something in common there. This sounds a little Mary Sunshine right now, and I'm sorry. It's super cutesy, but ah. uh, <laughs> but it's true. We we are starting from the same square in right. that situation, and so it's easy to be patient with people that you know you have at least one thing in common with. Sometimes, I agree. I've been at this too long. I'm bitter. <laughs> Brett and I, Brett and I are wandering around Fan Expo, and like, have we become so jaded that like? That's overpriced. That's not even right. Uh, that is, you know, you just start, you start like dissecting the con before you like even have done anything. It's, it's I think that's true of any, any industry, though. I, I used to work in, an, in a 3D animation studio. All right. So. I get it. Shang Chi's credits. Shang-Chi, right. Yes. Uh, they're beautiful, they but are. every time I see something like that or the Avengers marble or whatever, I just think, I just see angry animators who <laughs> jacked up their layers and borked up the render farm and me working until midnight one Thanksgiving to try and get 
things fixed to, for to make it work yeah so it's just i don't think that you're jaded i think when you're around something too long it influences your your mm, view my point of view and let's face it i'm right most of the time <laughs> oh my god i hate that <laughs> what was the best part of fan expo for you did you go and like i mean i know you've seen shatner You've talked to Shatner. Yeah. Did you go see us? Did you go see us chit chat? No, I don't. Um, I don't usually do panels because a lot of the time it's just the two of us. And right. even though I did zero work during Fan Expo and just talked to my friends all weekend, um, I still need to be available to you know help troubleshoot and yeah. fix stuff. <clears throat> so you didn't go see the Christopher Eccleston? No, but panel. I did get to speak with. With Christopher a little bit. I did. uh, And Billy Piper, too. I didn't get a chance to talk to Billy at all. Uh, I had a brief passing with um, Christopher, uh, who did remember me. Oh, that's awesome. From New York last year, which I was very, I was like, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing, because I'm nondescript white guy over here. (laughs) I'm not expecting anybody to pick me out. And Christopher was very like, hey, how you doing? How was the rest of New York for you? And I'm like. You even knew yeah. where he, he like saw me, so I'm just like either I made an impression or that man is just like like photogenic memory times ten. Why not both? Could be. Why not both? Eh, maybe. Because uh, you know their their job begins with memorizing things, and so I would think that there's a finite amount of space, and you're not going to burn it on the small blonde child over here. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Uh, Eddie McClintock is like that. He mm. remembers everybody, and right. that is always astounding. And he doesn't always have names, which I think is okay. But he is fine. always remembers that the he's face. met you before, and he can tell you where he's met you. And I didn't get a chance <laughs> to go see um, Rob Polson. No, I didn't either. Or Maurice. No. Who, who I've seen. Maurice I've seen more recently than Rob. Uh, so I was a little upset that I didn't get over to talk to him and at least say hi and see how they were doing. And um, Greg Guler came over and said hi to me. Awesome. Greg is amazing. Uh, I had this really humiliating experience with <laughs> Maurice LaMarche. <laughs> what would you do to Maurice? One of the first times he was here. Um, I get I get overstimulated really easily. Nuh-uh. Yeah, I you? do. I know. <laughs> and... <laughs> We were coming back to the hotel because we live out in the sticks and, and stay downtown for Fan Expo, Denver Comic Con right. activities. Um, <clears throat> so we had just set up the booth and I was super tired and I'd been drinking coffee all day and had no food, just coffee. And I saw Maurice in the lobby. And as we walked by, I started singing Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> and like, I can't sing. You know this about me. Yeah. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. And I'm just, like, singing, and I'm doing the little voices. And the poor man is just like, oh, my God, will you please go away? And I didn't corner him or anything. It happened as soon as I saw him, I started doing yeah, that. Yeah, because you and, have the little Hilton bar that's right yeah. there. And, yeah, I know exactly where he's at. And then I walked past him to the elevator. But then, <laughs> like, I was all the way – we were all the way up on the 20th floor before it clicked in my brain. Like, how obnoxious that is. <laughs> God, some people are so obnoxious. I know. <laughs> 
uh, and, it, and, and I know for a fact he wouldn't remember that because I can't possibly be the only person in the world who does dumb stuff like that. Probably not. But it's still, I can't bring myself to face him. I'm curious. I mean, I didn't see any of the nonsense at Ghostbusters 35th, <laughs> but I can only imagine <laughs> just the nonsense that that poor man had to deal with that afternoon. I also do that to William Zabka, and I don't mean to. I really, I truly don't. Um, maybe we need to adjust my meds or something. But every time I see that man, I cannot, I scream, put him in a body bag, Johnny. Before I can even, like, before my brain even engages, I'm just, bleh, bleh, this word vomit. You just word vomit that, of all things? Every time I see him. Wow. Every that's... time. So I'm curious to see what you're going to word vomit in a couple of weeks when you and I venture to Emerald City Comic Con as one of the most, I I think probably one of the most sought after guests has been announced. I don't think he's ever done a con that I can recall, but Tim Curry, that's right, legend Tim Curry, who you might know from, let's just just give a small list of his, his accolades, it. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Legend. Legend. Charlie's Angels. Uh, Home Alone 2. Phineas and Ferb. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, so many. Over the Garden Wall. He's, he's, he's oh, the worst witch. The worst witch. Uh, the man is a legend. And, of course, they just announced that Emerald City uh, will be will 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 be hosting his appearance. Um, their their quote directly: "We're beyond excited to welcome Tim Curry at our next ECC." Uh, you know him from it, Rocky Horror Picture Show, blah 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 blah. There's so much more appearing December fourth through the fifth. So he's there for two days. Photo ops and autographs are available. You can go to their website. Click on the link. It takes a bit of a dig, but you can find it. And if you're curious, I'll tell you now. Photo ops for uh, an opportunity with the legend are $100. Autographs are $110. I, I don't know. I mean, the man has suffered two strokes. One or two. I know he won for sure, and I thought he had a second one. I am unsure about the second one, but I have been to a show recently where he was a guest. Oh, okay. And that line was long. I can imagine. He talked to everybody. He is not well, so he has to take more breaks than normal, so I'm begging people to be understanding of that. I, th- um, I think you could be understanding. And he was such, I mean, before the stroke, he was he was very active. Oh, yeah. Actor. Oh, I yeah. I mean, there was, there was, I wouldn't say there isn't no role that he wouldn't do, but every role he approached was, I mean, I know everyone gives me shit because I always reference him in Charlie's Angels, but he's just hilarious in that film. He's just so he's, good. He's just, yes. He's just so good. And... I know we were talking about the pricing and yes. and the last time I was here we were talking about pricing. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah. that if we put this in scale Okay. Uh let's put this in perspective. I paid eighty bucks to see Christopher Eccleston. Okay, which is twenty dollars less which than is, the rest of the, the doctors because usually right. they're they're a bill easy. Oh yeah. I paid I think one twenty to see Tenant. Which was worth every second. I loved him. It was yes. a delight. It was great. Um, I I think it was sixty for Billy Piper. Companion price, right? And remember, they're setting their own prices. That is not the show. That is correct. They're setting their own prices, 
And so I think 110 for Tim Curry, who is going to get quoted at all day, which is exhausting anyway, right? Yeah, what do you quote? <laughs> what do you quote? What do you throw quote at Tim Curry? I would do Rocky because I had a stent as magenta, lip syncing, oh, okay. lip syncing. But <laughs> I had a stent. Did you go to the Esquire Theater? Were you were you part of the troupe? I wasn't at the Esquire. I was in Colorado Springs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I would do Rocky. I don't but... know what I would do. I would like. I know I, my laugh is very unique. <laughs> <laughs> The two of us cackling all over Seattle. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Your friend in Ireland right now is like, God, you two are a bunch of dorks. So, <laughs> and, and and the one thing, I mean, you got the one YouTube clip, and if you never watched it, please do. There's a, a montage of just Tim Curry laughing. Oh, that's amazing. And it is hilarious because he's got such a unique, just jovial laugh. Oh, yeah. It's infectious. And mine comes across as like, Weird, creepy, and jovial all at once because it's a mixture of I don't know what Vincent Price and a sugar high, basically. I guess it depends on the face you're making. Because <laughs> sometimes you have like this Mr. Burns face, oh, yeah, yeah that and laugh. that went, that laugh is scary. The but your normal, laugh? Yeah, yeah, your normal laugh is fine. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dictatorships are gonna fall when that laugh comes right. out. Right. Uh, I think it is absolutely worth the funds. I I, I I would pop for for Tim Curry just because I I am surprised he's actually even on tour. Right. And I, I'm I'm encouraging people to go see him, interact with him, be kind, be gentle. But at the same point, I mean, this is right. I, this is the biggest guest that I think Emerald City has announced. I know Jim Lee is going to be there. I'm so excited for that. I'm serious. Like, what? I'm so for excited Jim? for Jim. Yeah, I've never met him. Really? Yeah, really. Oh. I love his work. I love his work. Even right. though I don't read DC Comics, I still love his work. I think it's beautiful. Well, he did. He did do X Men. So he I mean, did do X Men. He's, he's living in DC now. I know his signature. So you know, sixty dollars, and so it's not a lottery. It. It's not a lottery. It's not a lottery. Not a lottery. You can go online right now and pop 60 bucks for Jim Lee's signature. Who's going to be on Sesame Street? Woohoo! Yeah. Um, yeah, I well, first of all, Jeremy and I usually go to Emerald City alone. So I've never had Oh, you're going to have like a team this week. I this, know cuz Brett Brett Leader one and Jeannie will be there myself. And then you're coming with us. And there's I th- <clears throat> think there's rumors of other people <gasps> No way. joining us. Oh, how fun. From other cons that I'm aware of that have reached out to me and they're like, we'll be there, we'll try and find you. So basically what's going to happen is that Jeremy's going to be alone in our booth. Oh my God, I'm going to feel guilty. Waving his little hand back oh. and forth as <laughs> Smurf and Brett Leader 1 and I <laughs> wander the con, cackling, probably <laughs> drinking, and <laughs> harassing, <you> probably? <laughs> harassing Jim Lee. <laughs> This well, is our be, future. To be fair, I have... I mean, I'm not in with Jim Lee's signature because I've got five or six of them at this point. Yeah, I don't have any. Because I had... The last one was the the base to the Batman black and white Nightwing statue. Right, right. And I think that's literally the last thing I really needed from Jim. I think I have one of his X-Men. I've got X-Men number one mm-hmm. with a photo and a COA and it's the trifold cover and it's beautiful. 
Yeah. But I have to go. I have to and go into the vault. First Gambit. Is, I got him and Claremont to sign First Gambit. Awesome. I love Gambit. Yeah. I'm. I'm in. I'm impartial. He's just the poor man's long shot. It's okay. <laughs> Gambit and Psylocke are my X Men jam. <laughs> <laughs> I, that whole that is all Jim Lee. Psylocke is I know, all Jim Lee. I know. That's what I'm telling you. I'm yeah. so freaking excited. Like that whole uh, Betsy Braddock, Psylocke, like mm-hmm. mind switching different body. I mean, that's rad. That was great. Cool. It, was, it was great, but <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> 60 bucks. I know, I know we're going to stand in line and we're going to annoy the shit out of Jim Lee. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. Because I know this is going to happen. I really believe that this will happen. Well, I'm so excited because I, I've said this before. I'm such a fan myself that we that's one of the reasons we started doing conventions in the first place. But because we're usually working, Jeremy's working, I am socializing. socializing. Uh, I don't get to go see many things in the convention. So I'm really excited that uh, now we're bringing someone that I can play with. Yay! Yay! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although it's a four-day show, so probably by Saturday evening, Jeremy will have chained us to the booth. Oh, yeah. He's, gonna, he he's not going to tolerate it. <laughs> he's going to be like, okay, you two fuckers, you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, I'm not... you, you guys can stay here. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go wander around. We'll see, we'll see him Monday morning. Right. <laughs> Although I do have to say that if we don't help enough, he will leave us in Seattle. <laughs> He will come home without us. So, woof. (laughs) (laughs) You know, oddly enough, I've never been abandoned. I know that comes as a surprise to a lot of you, but I've never been abandoned. (laughs) I think it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. I think we won't be nearly that roguish. And I know Brett Leader One is probably going to go to panels. I know he's already scoping things out because he sent me messages this morning. He's the one that told me about Jim Lake. Right. I don't think I don't think Brett Leader One has a Jim Lee signature because he's like everyone else. He'll go to San Diego or New York and cross his fingers that he'll get the the lottery. Right. And I fumbled backwards into the signature I got last time at New York. So uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I the, One of the things I love about Emerald City is that it is one of the upper scale show. You know, mm-hmm. we're under normal condition. Again, they've cut the attendance on purpose this Correct. time. But under normal circumstances, we're seeing... 100,000 people over the four days. Yes. So um, we've been really lucky that even under those circumstances, we haven't hit any kind of watery situation. I think we're gonna, I'm going to have to pace myself on this one. Because not only do we have the drive back and forth, but then we have to like be con ready right. when we're there. So Oh, I didn't tell you. We, I build in a day off. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we leave so early intentionally. So oh. we have two days in the car. And then set up right away the next day when we're there. Uh, and then there's a whole day off oh, before, okay. yeah, before. So I have we can no idea just, what I'm going to do with the day off. Uh, I literally have no idea. Well, there's this awesome restaurant called Biscuit Bitch, <laughs> right? I've been to Biscuit Bitch. Uh, I love Biscuit Bitch. And uh, I don't know if you want to go with us, but I wanted to go to the Pop Culture Museum. Maybe. Also, let I don't me... want to intrude on you and Jeremy quality time. I'm sure Jeremy's going to be like, <laughs> can I just have a moment without Smurf around, please? Well, I'm. <laughs> it's fine. I know. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not. I'm, I'm just painting. You, yeah, painting it's fine. Picture. This is not a hostage situation. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. No, Smurf, you can do whatever you want. Biscuit, bitch. 
<laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun. I cannot wait. Yes, I can't wait either. <laughs> we'll be sure to take pictures and send lots of stuff along, as Yay. well as our own little you know retort after we get back, which may be a bit because God, when we get back, I have the toy drive right. That's here in the parking lot of 5280 Geek for uh, Feeding Denver's Huggery. So please come for the annual toy food drive cosplay with us, uh, Colorado Ghostbusters, the uh, Tiberian uh, Star Trek team, the Moon Revengers, Sailor Moon crew. Uh, I know I'm from Geek Garage. We've got the Mandalorian Merc. So everyone will be out in front of 5280 taking stuff from your car to give to children. No child through the line without a toy. <laughs> that is our goal. My friend Lori, yes. already she's already stocked up. Nice. She came scurrying into the booth at Fan Expos like, I already have stuff for the toy drive, which Sweet. is December 11th. Correct. Running from 11 to 2. Awesome. I th- yes, 11 to 2 or 10 to 2. Yeah. Well, just, just come. Just we'll be come. here. Bring your food. Bring yes. your toys. And you'll see the headquarters. Yeah. It's this massive Cobra-style looking headquarters. No, not really. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Cobra and world domination, the boys troll Disney Plus Day with its own Voight Plus updates, which is absolutely freaking hilarious. If you have not gone <laughs> and watched this yet, oh my God. They've got like the crew doing like their own like PSA announcements, Homelander and uh, Lamplighter. And then, of course, the boys cut in with their, their pirated signal. Nice. And it is so freaking hilarious that uh, this was perfect. So this this happened on Friday, and I will post this on the 5280 Geek website. Uh, so go to 5280geek.com. There will be a link to it in the description of this podcast. But it is so funny. Oh, my God. I like this when everyone can, like, let their hair down. And they, and Homelander is not Homelander. He's not in the blonde wig. No. And he's not in the super suit. But he's got a, 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 a Homelander T-shirt on. Funny. And he's, he's relatively short. I right. mean, he's probably my height-ish. So he's not like this big six-foot no, 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 guy no. that, you know, Carl Urban, like, is way taller than than this guy. I know. I know I, you have nothing but love for Carl Urban. I love Urban. Carl Urban. But it's, <laughs> it's hard not to love Carl Urban. Right, because he's so tall, and he's got that dreamy voice. and, and He's mean, got a swagger. He does have a swagger. He's got a swagger. And it's yeah. hard not to resist I know. the swagger. I I would probably follow him like not in a creepy way but just like in yeah, a I've heard hip- that before. hypnotic like <laughs> trance just like follow him off and follow get myself into trouble me. exactly it's so jungle book i know wow that's exactly it i don't know what he's got coming up next besides the boys i haven't seen anything on his on his docket to come out yet no i haven't either so i wonder what he's up to we should call him okay <laughs> Let's do that. Let's call Carl <laughs> Urban because you know he's he's around. <laughs> uh, so uh, they have not announced the next season for the boys, but I'm sure it's not far. And I just like them taking pot shots at Disney. The mouse definitely can take a couple blows to the ego every once in a while, and they do it so classy, <laughs> so classy. Uh, and they even have um, the deep. And he's all like, save the dolphins. And <laughs> Homelander. Homelander just rolls his eyes like, oh. 
this again. <laughs> it is so, so good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, speaking of so good, Dexter has returned. <sighs> the favorite serial killer you love to love has returned. Episode two aired over the weekend. And God, I miss this show. I've missed this show most so much. <laughs> I've never seen it. You've never seen this show? No. He's a serial killer. I mean, I know about it, but I've never seen it. It's great. I've got a low tolerance for viscera. Oh, yeah. There's the, then you yeah. want to like the first, because the first episode, we go the entire episode, so we get caught up as far as what Dexter has been doing for the last 10 years, uh, laying low, you know, just kind of existing, not killing anything, which I guess is a good thing uh, if you're a serial killer. But at the very end, he he gets his first victim in ten years, and he stabs him, and there's a little, you know, Ew. right right into the gla- <laughs> the glass. <laughs> Evidently, he must have hit like a pulmonary artery, and it oh just my gosh. just shot him right in the face, and you're just like, ooh, and you just kind of, it is so good. <laughs> and Clancy Brown finally shows up at the end of the second episode, which is even better because he's like the big bad right. that Dexter's supposed to go after, and. Uh, Dexter's a little rusty. He hasn't killed anyone in 10 years, so he's very plain. He's very vanilla, and he's trying <laughs> to lead this this seeming normal life, and it looks really great until he makes his kill. And I, it was something I was wondering as I'm watching this through the whole thing. Like, there's something missing. There's something missing. The internal dialogue finally showed back up after he uh. killed someone, and that, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> Of course, his dark passenger, Harry, is not there, but it has been replaced by his sister, which I kind of figured, and we talked about before in the past, that I honestly knew that she was going to be be the new dark passenger that you know he, he has to talk to somebody, so why not his sister? It makes perfect sense to me. So I, I'm totally sold. I love the, the show. Okay. And his son shows up, who thought he was dead. Oh, and they explain why in the second episode. Okay. So they took no time. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. Uh, Dexter <laughs> is on Showtime, yes, on Sundays. Okay. Saturdays. Saturdays or Sundays. I don't know. <laughs> Sunday. It's, it's on TV on, on a day. I think it's on Sunday because, <laughs> you know, I've got to ask you a question. And okay. I know I don't have this on the docket, but okay. I, I need to know. Do you watch a show that you just really do not like just for the sake of watching it? And just to see how much worse it can get, and you want to see what happens in case that it gets better, or do you just cut cut bait and get out? Uh, that's so funny because Jeremy and I were just talking about that last night. <clears throat> <laughs> in regards to which show? Um, well, we're watching. You know, I'm super into K dramas, and yes. so we're watching another K drama on Netflix, <laughs> and I'm having a hard time figuring out the twist and it's because we're missing that cultural component right right if it was american tv uh and this is exactly what we said if it was an american tv show we would have given up on this show already because uh because we're so familiar with the tropes if it Mm -hmm. if it had been written in the american style we would have abandoned it already right and i have we watch a lot of sci-fi and fantasy tv shows go figure uh, and we have a two-time time reset rule, thanks oh, to Eureka. Okay. If they reset the timeline more than twice, we're done with it. We're just really? done with it. Okay. Yeah. 
because that's such a crutch. And so we uh, never hang on. Okay. So the reason never I never hang on. The reason I asked this uh, is because Doctor Who Flux mm-hmm. is is midpoint now because I only think there's like six, five or, right. s- or six or seven episodes on this, and we're at midpoint and it's not getting any better. But I'm I'm strangely like holding on. I don't know if it's just for inside hope that it's going to get better or or what. And you're a Doctor Who fan. We, have you even gotten into Doctor Karen at all, or have you? No, I'm a little bit behind. I'm I'm a lot a bit behind. <laughs> uh, so, but I do know this that that Jody's doctors had a hard time with writers. Yes. And Chris Chimnall is no help. I think that you need to stick it out for her. Well, and I'm probably going to, and I just <laughs> want to see whatever this disaster that they do with the timeless child, because I'm not invested. I really, I really don't care, because I know uh, RTD is coming, Russell T. Davies, yeah. and he's got a big chore in front of him, but I don't even know if there's going to be a show to save, because, I mean, the ratings are just sinking like sinking like the titanic right now which is another reason why i think in this case you need to stick Stick it it out out. all right right so that's why i'm watching dexter like a day later because i'm i'm strangely pulled towards the train wreck that is doctor who doctor who (sighs) do you well do i I remember probably i was a kid here in Colorado. So everybody's PBS station was different. But here when I was growing up, right. on Sunday afternoon, it was Dark Shadows and Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when I feel Doctor Who floundering like that, because they've had some moments. They have. Uh, I go back to that time. Because not all of Peter <laughs> Davidson's episodes were hits. Right. And I remind myself that at least it's not Dark Shadows. <laughs> Which I love. I love right. Dark Shadows. But I it, can't argue that. But it was kind of a mess. The production was was cheaply done. I mean, we all know that story about the set piece falling down and everybody just continuing, and it made the cut because yeah. they didn't have they didn't, they didn't have a budget. It's like okay, well, we got to keep going. And I, well, look at that. <laughs> Doctor Who made it to fifty plus for a reason. It's true. And even though everybody has some struggles. And I think that's what's happening now. They're just going through some growing pains. I don't think anybody expected it to be what it became. Yes, I would agree with that. And when you have the entire world looking at you <laughs> with expectations, it's hard. It's hard. No. I don't I know because that would give Chris Chimnall a pass. And and for him to be like the quote unquote super fan that he says he is, and to write such garbage, I have issue. Well, that's fair, but the show as a whole, we don't the have show to, as a whole. Yes, we don't have I to single agree. people out. Oh, I am in public. I can and make them feel bad. I want to. <laughs> uh, Chris dear- Chimnall, you're a bucket of shit. That's there you go, flaming flaming bucket <laughs> of shit. You're not even a flaming Cheeto. Not even that cool. Oh, my gosh. Um, dear world, look out, because Smurf and I are going to be loose in the world. So dangerous. <laughs> Chris Chimnall is going to be one of those guys that I do chase down at a con just to give him a piece of my mind, just to unload on him. Like, what is what is wrong with you? But does it help? Does it change what he's done? Do I care? Or does it just get you all riled up? No, it relieves the pressure. <laughs> 
I had my I said my piece. I'm done. I move on. Okay. But I gotta get it out. Okay. At some point. That's fair. See? I have logic. No, not really. Not really. Um, Speaking of logic, um, we won't talk about that yet. Um, Actually, it's not even about logic. Uh, There's a fun movie that I think is absolutely spectacular that has gotten kind of mixed reviews, but it's called Red Notice on Netflix. We've got Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and um, Wonder Woman herself. Uh, why can't I think of her name all of a sudden? Gal Gadot? Yeah, Gal Gadot. Um, Gadot. That's Gadot. No. You sure? She's Israeli, not French. Uh, all right. Uh, Gal Gadot. Uh, <laughs> this is a great heist film. And there's so few and far between uh, that this is absolutely just what the doctor ordered for your action bug, your your sexy bug, because uh, Gal Gadot is just absolutely stunning. And I know women have this thing for Ryan Reynolds. Eh. Eh. And then if not, you've got The Rock on the other side with bulging muscles and, you know, the, the what, what is it in <laughs> Jumanji? The stare? Oh. <laughs> I mean, they're fine. I'm wondering how a movie with the two of them got made because they seem like I don't mean to imply that they're not professional or anything, but I feel like they would just play off of each other so much that it would be difficult to get anything and recorded. I, th- I think you can see that because there are a couple of scenes where it looks like it got away from them. Right. Because they were having so much fun. The the rapport between The Rock and Ryan Reynolds is absolutely on on point. The 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 drama that they create between each other while bonding and just the dialogue is so it's fun, it's playful, and right. you're still in a heist film. Ryan Reynolds is not Deadpool, thank God. Right. But he still has that Ryan Reynolds kind of Van Wilder um quippiness to him which honestly i think is why he succeeds as deadpool is because he's kind of this smart ass quippy guy anyway and well and it's toned down he's Mm -hmm. he's not as he's not as brazen as deadpool right but uh the character that he portrays is very intellectual very planning very methodical and how it comes across is absolutely brilliant gal gadot gadot is is so just fun and she's the bad guy yeah which is even better for her to be the villainous and it it just works so well with the whole story and i loved it i thought it was actually great i I liked it better than the other things that i saw this weekend one of them being the eternals which we will get to (laughs) momentarily because we know this is going to be a fight folks but before we get to that fight okay uh, check out Red Notice. It's on Netflix. Dune. Which, Dune! Dune, which is, is no surprise. And I already spoke about this uh, on my take on it last week. But now we have Susie's side to show that I'm right again. <laughs> that Dune is spectacular. It is. Um, I love Oscar Isaac. Okay. Love Oscar Isaac. I love Jason Momoa. Um, I... Love the combination of characters. I'm missing Princess Irulan. I don't know. Like, I feel like she's integral to the story. Maybe not this early in the story, but I, 
I'm missing her. <clears throat> and that's my only complaint. Honestly, that's my only complaint. Right. Um, so you were fine with the sudden, like, drop-off ending? I was, because I knew it was a long-term project going into it. Um, <clears throat> I'm a huge, huge fan of the books. I've read them all. Um, not the newer ones by Frank's uh, descendants. I don't think it is it his son or his grand. Anyway, not the newer ones, but I've read all of all of Frank Herbert's. Well, yeah, doom. you got Kevin J. Anderson, and um, I think it's his grandson. Okay. Um, I think I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to look on that one. But no, it stayed within the family, right. and Kevin right. Kevin has helped further perpetuate the story. Uh, I am a huge David Lynch fan, which everybody knows, and so I love. Even though his version is problematic, I acknowledge that it's problematic, but I love that version. And so I see the similarities in the new version, uh, and I see the departures, and I think it's very true to the book, except for Princess Erlon. <laughs> it is very true to the book, and it's been like a th- ages since I've read the books. And it's a dry read, folks. Don't, don't get me wrong. That, that first book... <laughs> Oh, it's like reading War and Peace in some parts. So you're just like, oh, my God, enough already about the sand. Well, and it's a little, like, Tolkien with the names. It's very tolkien With the names. Uh, in Dune, not all the names sound the same, but you've got these, you know, Giri Prime and Fade Rautha and mm-hmm. Raban. And when, when you're reading these and you've never heard some of these names, or Irulan, when you've never heard some of these names pronounced it can yeah, be how a do you challenge s- how do you yeah. say it i mean my favorite character has to be Skarsgård as the uh, the duke right i mean oh my god and he was like complaining i want to be more naked i'm like typical Skarsgård okay. fashion we- like okay <laughs> evidently the Skarsgårds just walk that. around nude uh, um, <laughs> I'm okay without it. <laughs> but I, he's, he, was, he was talking about the makeup and everything that went into being the Duke, and I think his portrayal of the character is very on point with the book. Of course, the book is huge plot holy, where, right. where the king you know takes the power and right. then gives it back and then sends his army in. Right. It's, it's very narrow thinking, <laughs> even for a political coup-based right. science fiction. So... I love Skarsgård's portrayal of Baron Harkonnen. Or Baron, I'm sorry, I called him a dude. No, no, that's Baron. okay. Yeah. Um, in the Lynch version, Baron Harkonnen is kind of ridiculous. He's way over the top <clears throat> ridiculous. And let's not even bring in Sting, right. who is Batista. No, 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 no. That's so Batista's not Sting's character. No, uh, Dave Batista is playing the Beast Raban. Uh, uh, and Sting- see, because I thought he was... <clears throat> Now, Sting, was, Sting is Fade... Well, he is. Uh, Sting and Batista play Baron Harkonnen's nephews in different versions. So he has two nephews. Right. Fade Rautha, which is Sting's character in the Lynch version, and the Beast Raban, which is uh, Dave Batista's character in... So there's two different people. There's two different ones. <laughs> Whoa, right. I got so excited. I'm knocking over the I microphone. see that. You're smacking the crap out of the mic over there. <laughs> Spun around like a little Wee. pinwheel. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> so we haven't seen Fade Routha yet in the new. So are we going version. to? Do you think they changed him up? Because I thought I Batista was <clears throat> Sting's character. No, 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 All no, right. no. <clears throat> All right. Um, 
I don't know. Like, we can't just drop these characters. They're not minor background characters. No, that's, why, that's what I was trying to figure out because I was like, and I wasn't sure which direction because, you, like you say, you can't just drop these characters. No. And I'm like, well, I guess it would make sense that they would go, you know, you have Sting, one extreme, right. to Batista, to the other. And it's so, see, and that's what the other thing about the new film. It's very convoluted. It's very dense. And you can miss a lot. I think this was made for fans of the book, though. I don't be. because they're they missed a lot of the the backstory. Right. They didn't tell a lot of the backstory. It's true. Uh, which is where where Princess Aralon went, mm-hmm. um, because in the book, Paul meets her on Arrakis, like. Yeah, fairly, anyway, fairly, fairly yeah. early fairly in the early. story. And so Paul hasn't met Irulan, uh, which we lose a whole motivation for some of the things that Paul does uh, without her. True. And we haven't seen Fade Rautha. No. Nope. Uh, who, if you're keeping score at home, he takes over the management of Arrakis after Raban borks it up. Right. So. <laughs> so there's so many moving like I said there's so many yeah. moving parts I don't know which I don't know which way we're going I still think the Lynch version is much more vicious than this version you know he he doesn't even want to talk about it well and he famously doesn't talk about any of his work Correct. ever ever um, but he dislikes this so much because he didn't get final cut and it would have been a much different film if he'd gotten final, final cut. Final cut? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's, he still shot it. I mean, granted, how it's arranged is not his call, but... Right. I mean, he still filmed it. And there's some parts where I'm just like, the spice boss flow. I mean, the whispering <laughs> through half of the film, really annoying, uh, Mr. Lynch. Really annoying. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, that, for me, that's the gold standard. You know, the Sci-Fi Channel did a... Oh, that was horrible. Did a miniseries yeah, that, that was, was not, kind of... I didn't even bring that up because it just really isn't worth talking it about. It was just kind of yeah. bonkers. Uh, but uh, but James McAvoy is in that. <laughs> James McAvoy is in that. And that man can do no wrong. I really do like James McAvoy. Oh, me too. Uh, all right. So here it is, folks. The time you've been waiting for. Now, I'm going to do this as a versus simply because... Um, I think it only makes sense in my mind. Susie says I'm crazy, and that's fine. We we already know that. But I saw Eternals <laughs> this weekend, Me as too. did Susie, and uh, she also watched Ten Rings since Ten Rings since it is available on Disney Plus now. Yes, along with Jungle Cruise. I've been seeing that one. I want to watch that one so badly. <laughs> I was flying back from Vegas, and the person next to me had it on their tablet, and I'm uh, like, mm. you know, I'm trying not to watch over their shoulder. But I am, and I'm like, okay, that looks that looks fun. <laughs> um, so Eternals comes out this last week. Yes. Uh, we did have a meat and potatoes review that is posted. Tater did a very uh, insightful review. Yes. There are a couple of points that I wish Tater would have brought up. Okay. One is this film is way too fucking shot dark. I can't see shit. It's, this pissed me off. <laughs> I can't see anything. At first, I thought it was because of the, the, the room for the projector that somebody left the door open, some lights coming in, and it's just messing with the IMAX screen that I paid extra for, assholes, and I can't see a bloody fucking thing. Maybe it's time to get your reading glasses, Grandpa. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> 
If this table wasn't so long, I would come over it, but I would be way too winded. Um, <laughs> I, uh, no. So you mean you're saying you saw everything perfectly clear? I saw it just fine. Okay. But remember, I don't you like... see better in the dark? I don't like movie theaters, and there was a horrible family of nine... In front of me, okay. talking, playing with their oh. phones. These jackasses brought in a Domino's pizza. Wow. What? Uh, Stuart and I, Stuart was telling me about this woman. Uh, they were at the movies uh, in the pavilions downtown. Right. And this woman brought in a pot roast. She just starts like serving up to people in the row. Utensils. And potato, like the whole jam. And that's what these people in front of me reminded me of. Because they brought in, like, their own pizza. None of them knew what was going on. Uh, They talked through the Morbius trailer, which I want to talk about at another time. But um, so even with that, I saw the movie just fine. All right. Fine. I (laughs) – this is boring – and I'm I'm upset because the two the two most compelling characters, Cersei and or not Cersei, um, uh, Icarus and uh, uh, no, it is Cersei. The Gemma Chan. Yes. Yes. Cersei. Cersei had the exact same facial expression through the entire fucking film. They 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 had like no emotion coming out. What movie were you watching? I was watching that film on a very large screen, and at no time did I see emotion cross their face. Mm. Gemma Chan is is great. Great. So disappointed. No. Yes. No, she's amazing. She is amazing. I will watch it again because it's incredible. See no emotion. Even when it's like a heated moment, they just look cardboardy. No, you're Especially wrong. Icarus. Icarus is even worse. Okay, so I'm not a huge fan of Richard Madden anyway. Because I'll agree with you on that one because he is kind of a ham. And I, maybe it's his... Joie de vivre? I don't know what it is, but even, when, even in Game of Thrones, he was just a tiny bit hammy for me. Like, okay. it just... I don't think he's chewing scenery, and I don't think that he's a hack. He's just not my jam. So I'll agree with you on that. But... It. This was billed as the Marvel movie for people who hadn't been watching Marvel movies. And I've been talking about this all along. It's a little bit... Don't Stop twitching your eye. <laughs> the only character that was even worth half a shit it was neil gaiman's character right which was sprite amazing which okay was like the only semi redeemable but again 100 percent predictable i think this i think they brought it at the wrong time like black widow i think we they were so desperate the mcu was so desperate to introduce the celestials that they didn't time it right which I can I can kind of agree. I mean, because you get this this really weird. I mean, you spend an hour and a half introducing characters and motivations that we just we just don't get. Right. And the the, the subplot is not really that that big of a surprise. It really isn't. Well, they. I loved it. I know you did. <laughs> I, I loved and I know it. you love this comic. I but love- when I can. Pair, and you're saying that this was the, the must-see Marvel film. I honestly think Ten Rings is a better film than The Eternals. 
I don't think you can compare them. Why not? Because they're different things. They're, the, they're, they're Marvel movies. Yeah, but different things are happening. There are different paces. There are different characters. It's not... You can compare... Iron Man and Captain America, because they're both action films. There's actiony things happening. There's, There's actiony things in both the Eternals and the Ten Rings. But the Eternals is not an action movie. What is it? It is a story establishing movie. It is, it is opening the door to the wider universe. I think the timing on it was odd, because we don't have enough celestial background, and I think mentioning. The snap and Thanos was clumsy. I'll give you that. That oh, was a little that bit is clumsy. Horrible. <clears throat> but I I don't know. Jack Kirby and Neil Gaiman are my freaking heroes, and I love the Eternals, and I was so excited to see them doing their Eternals thing. I, that is my jam. I would I would like to have seen <clears throat> a better thought out execution because I was bored. Well, Even the dialogue is just breathy. But you, you were determined long. from the get-go to but not I, I like already, this. I already know I don't <laughs> like the characters because these are the new gods. And, you know, DC optioned to do the new gods. And right following, Marvel did the Eternals. Of course, DC decided not to move forward with that, but right. Marvel did. So... It's <sighs> a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone. It is a stepping stone. Especially, but see, we could have saved an hour <laughs> of this and just cut to the end scene where the big introduction finally happens, which could have happened. See, because I, I got into an argument. It wasn't even so much I'm an so argument. I'm so surprised. No, 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 not like that. <laughs> we came up with this plot of why Endgame failed and what would have been the better alternative. Okay. So instead of... Because Cap wouldn't travel in time. They wouldn't do this whole time caper bullshit. It w- was the perfect opportunity to bring in Fantastic Four, Adam Warlock, Silver Surfer, and all of these other characters that have been around right. but stepped up with the absence of the rest of the Avengers. Right. That's the story that should have happened. And this is actually a conversation that I had with Bob Hall. Okay. Who is like... You know, super Avengers comic artist guru right, from Marvel, right. which we're I I don't I and the, I think you're right. Maybe it's just poorly timed, and maybe this should have happened after Guardians, so we could have had a little bit more of a foray because we are getting Warlock, we Adam are. Warlock. We are, which makes sense with Harry Styles as Star Fox. That was like what? that. That is a big. That Wait, is a big what? bomb. So the other thing... And Patton Oswalt... How many more voices can Patton Oswalt... Because it's the same voice. I don't, <laughs> I don't need more Patton Oswalt. I want somebody different for Pip. I mean, okay. But we could have found... Put Bobcat in there or something, you know? <laughs> give, me, give me something fun, not, not more Patton Oswalt. I think that's fine. I think Patton Oswalt is fine. But what I was... Um, really what I focused on... <laughs> because I loved it, and okay. I was going to love it. The way you were determined to hate it, I was determined <laughs> to love it, and I did, and I thought it was delightful. All right. But I'm always talking about deep dives, and Pip and Star Fox are kind of a deep dive. And so is the Black Knight? What? What? That was probably the biggest... <laughs> 
that was actually the happiest part of the movie because then we even do get the Ebony Blade. Right. And to be fair, Star Fox and Black Knight are both Avengers. They are. Uh, and they're in like the, the late 80s era of the right. Avengers when everyone right. kind of takes off. And they are the next group technically to be like some major and hero Staples. for hire, heroes for hire. Black Knight is with the heroes for hire for a minute. He is there for a little bit um, until he retires because the blade keeps making him kill people. Which right. I'm kind of curious how they're going to bl- build that. Yeah, I don't know. Because but then Mahershala Ali as Blade off camera. Yeah. What? Oh my gosh! So those menaces that were in front of me. <laughs> Only one out of the nine of them even knew what was happening. Okay. And I, by the time we got to the end. And they talked on their phones and passed around the pizza. And I was just furious. The dad is like, well, what is all this? And the one kid that knew what was happening, he's like, dad, it's Blade. And this guy's like 20 or something. And he's like, dad, it's Blade. And the dad is like, oh, I didn't know Blade was a Marvel comic. And that's when I lost my temper. <laughs> wow. Like, Talk about late to the party, folks. Why? Did you come to this? If you don't, you don't, I'm not saying that you have to know everything about Marvel Comics to see these movies. I've never been like that. Right. But if you have no interest at all in anything that's happening, and it wasn't like he was just asking questions. It was clear that he had no interest in. He was just there for <laughs> Athena. That's all. Right. And so, like, the kid and I are, like, like double-teaming <laughs> the dad. And we're like, yeah, Wesley Snipes, blah, blah, blah. And then this happened, and then this happened. And then Jared Leto as Morbius is blah, 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 blah. And, like, Jeremy's wow, just Wow, you just gave him both barrels, didn't I you? I know. <laughs> Jeremy's standing there holding my little Hello Kitty Pusheen backpack and just looking at the floor. <laughs> and this, like, kid and I are just like, and then this happens, and then this happened, and this is why Harry Styles was here, and this is... <laughs> it is an odd introduction uh, for Star Fox. Because I don't think... Because I was trying to remember if Star Fox and Pip ran together, and I don't remember them hanging out. He was always I with Warlock. Think so, yeah. But that opens the door for Adam Warlock because that gives sort of. I don't know. I don't even know what direction they're going with yeah, Guardians because the t- everything from the comics is so far out of whack right <laughs> now that I'm like, ah, I, I don't know. Sure. Well, and I can't. I say this every damn time, and I'm really sorry for for repeating so much. But I can't see what they're doing. I can't either. At this point. With the Avengers track, we knew what was happening. Yes. Like, it was clear. They were gathering. They were gathering the stones. They were putting the team together. We knew what was happening. This is so freaking random. I have no idea. It doesn't. So unless unless we really are building towards secret wars. Which makes the most sense to me. Which does, especially when you're dealing with the multiverse. Right. Which is the easiest way to introduce some of the other characters but then uh, when i think about it marvel has been very heavy on the hero side they have but we haven't been very heavy on the villain side we've had major villains right but we haven't had like i mean i mean claw okay is not a major villain however most of the villains on the villain side are kaput and or hydra agents right so i don't see them really doing a secret war very effectively 
unless I, I don't uh, see. And you're right. That's where yeah, everything gets very convoluted. I don't know where it's going. It can't because this goes to this goes all the way back to Falcon and Winter Soldier, where they introduce um, U.S. Agent mm-hmm. and Val, and is is Sharon an evil agent or is she mind control Sharon? Like, there's a lot of randomness there. Is Val Madam Hydra or is she just Val? Like, what's you know? <clears throat> And then, of course, everyone's talking about secret invasion right. with the scrolls. So maybe that's where all of this is headed. And who can we trust? Who? I don't know. I, I, I really, I don't know. I don't. Okay. So we don't always need a roadmap. I know. But there are just some certain things that I would like to know where this is headed towards. Right. And they dropped that massive bomb with Kang the Conqueror and yes. then just walked away. But like, to be fair, that means... Even when you bring that up, this is all part of the sacred timeline. So he knew about the Celestial. He knew about all this. Everything is supposed to be going in this direction. So what was the end goal? Was the Celestial supposed to come and destroy Earth? Was... Or was this always supposed to happen? Or, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really weird. I'm loving it, but I i don't see what's happening. No. Ooh, uh, an army of Kangs? Just nothing but a bunch of Kang doppelgangers? Ooh. That'd be kind of fun. Well, and <clears throat> as unobservant, unobservant as I have been lately, I knew as, so- as soon as we saw the time, the TVA judge, who right. she was, she's King's wife. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's King. And they did a huge disservice to Black Widow. They did a huge disservice to Enchantress. Sylvie should have been Enchantress, not Flat some right out. dopey Loki wannabe. Correct. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, they even they even gave her her name and called her Enchantress, and it just just called her the Enchantress. For well, and they gave uh, her Enchantress's powers. Like, secret human name yes. too. Like like the whole thing is just, it's just and she's just a Loki knockoff. Yeah. Uh, although Richard E. Grant yeah. is classic Loki all day and all night. All day and all night. Uh, it's, it's just very chaotic. But Ten Rings. Ten Rings was Ten absolutely Rings was so fabulous. Good. And I think it is the better Marvel film than Eternals. And you can say that they're, they're two different stories. They are. Or two different genres. They are. But in, in, <laughs> in the ranking of Marvel films, I will place <clears throat> Ten Rings above the Eternals. I won't, but that's okay. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can like what you like. Uh, <laughs> and you can be wrong, Smurf. Uh, Ten Rings was, I love Aquafina. Yes. I love her all the time. Uh, I loved her in Crazy Rich Asians. I love her as Nora from Queens. I love her when she's rapping. I love Aquafina. Yes. Uh, she, I, my only thing with the Ten Rings is because I just finished reading this book uh, called Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. Okay. And it's great. It's told in stage direction, but it talks about how Asian immigrants are treated in America and how there's this kind of stereotype. And so, like, I finished this book about, you know, Asian man trained as an assassin from childhood by his evil guy father, is sent on his first mission and fails because he realizes his father is wrong. And for the honor, he has to destroy his father. And so I just finished this, right? And then watched Ten Rings. Okay. So I think we can do better. Well. (laughs) It was an outstanding movie, but I think we can do better about... 
not exploiting these tropes so hard. Well, and I mean, to be fair, they they exploited the hell out of it in uh, Eternals. I was yes. not happy with a lot of the choices. Well, and I don't know how much of it is just the the environment today or, or everything that's going on, but it, you can't. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I think some of the choices were were specific because of the environment and not doing any service to the story. I don't agree with you. Come on, Icarus. I don't agree with you. All right. I don't agree with you. Okay. Uh, but even with even with the trope, I'm fascinated why about they didn't call the dad in Ten Rings Fu Manchu, but they <laughs> gave him his backstory. They did. If you were going to erase this negative stereotype, you can't just call it by a different name. <laughs> just relabel it? <laughs> right. That doesn't work. No. That's not uh, That's not what I'm about. But I loved seeing Trevor Slattery back. That was yes. pretty great because I've been wondering what happened to him since Iron Man 3. Yeah, he's like, where the hell's he been this whole time? <laughs> uh, I was wait- I was actually waiting for Hammer to show up, too. I wanted, right? I wanted <laughs> Sam Rockwell back, too. I was just like, come on, just, just, give, me a little, just give me a little Sam dance. Right. That's all I want. Right. I thought. I thought it was great. I thought it was so much fun. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's it better. Great. I think it's better thought out than Eternals. It's just different. I know. <laughs> keep saying that. I'm still not going to believe you. Maybe after I watch it again, maybe if I watch it on something that I can see the movie on, my opinion will change. Maybe. And I just, I, I'll wear my glasses just so, you know. <laughs> Old man eyes over here. It's just they move at different <laughs> paces. And where Ten Rings is a more local event, it is happening boots on the ground with a smaller group sure. of people. The Eternals are always operating on a higher level and that it's just different. <sighs> yes, it is different. And I don't buy the, I mean. Mm, mm, <laughs> We were never going to agree on this. No, we I mean weren't. we've known for months that we were yes. not going to agree on this. And but I was glad to see the one piece because, to your point, the one piece that was the most compelling was Neil Gaiman because mm-hmm. Sprite is Neil Gaiman's character. Yes, she is. She was created by him when Neil was running the Eternals. Uh, he took Kirby's creations and kind of tried to do, I wouldn't say a soft reboot, but just kind of like an expansion on the Eternal story and kind of give them new purpose. And Sprite is one of those yeah. one of those characters, which added a bit of. I mean, everything kind of went as to plan, but was probably <laughs> the most entertaining character next to Cersei. Cersei is the star of this film, absolutely, hands down, absolutely. And you can start to see what a villain Icarus really is when they are when they are trying to make decisions. And all of them are looking to him. But that's not it. I mean, again, we saw it coming. Right. Faux Superman. You know, evil well. Superman. Yeah, they haven't done that before. But, I mean, you can't turn the one recognizable character, the only recognizable character from the Eternals, and twist him like that. There are rules. <laughs> there are no rules. Come on. Either. You can't do that. I mean, I guess you want to neutralize him. I get it. But, Wow. And it's such, couldn't you, speaking of Sprite and Neil, wasn't that, like, couldn't you just feel Neil there when she, when she, when Sprite is saying, 
why did they make me like this? It's yeah. such a it's, it's just a very Neil such an inherently Neil thing mm-hmm. to to question makers like that to question the universe like that and yep. it was just I loved it I thought it was great well and it reminded me of the spawn issue that Neil wrote uh, where all of the characters are in prison and their mm-hmm. hands are sticking out and mm-hmm. their creators have abandoned them and it's very it's very poignant of uh, a message that they're sending home with that thankfully subtly right. which I thought was very well done and very clever to kind of slip it in there to let the the viewer, you know, digest it and kind of come to your own conclusions. It wasn't brighted up and it wasn't force-fed, which I absolutely applaud. So um, Chimnall obviously didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> and now they've got this petrified celestial partially poking out of the of the ocean. A, a granite celestial just right? sticking out of the ground, which I actually really did laugh about. I'm just like, so you can see it from space. So that's that's not good. <laughs> so I mean, it makes you wonder, like, what's I'm obviously it's going all the way down. So right. that's not gonna that can't be good for the Earth. Well, no. <laughs> what did you think about? Because some of the um, some of the characters, their genders have changed. Yes, Ajax. Ajax was not feminine. Uh, neither was oh, and. Uh, uh, the speedster right. was not uh, mute or deaf. Pardon me. I love the actress is deaf. Yes. And uh, I I love that. So that's a switch up because the speedster was not female, nor uh, or no, was it? I, I, you know, I have, I'm not. I don't remember if the female if the character was female, but I know they were not deaf. No, not not traditionally in the comics. Um, Druid. Druid, yeah. Druid was. That was great. Uh, I love that. Uh, it was a little hard for me to watch the pillaging of the Aztec Empire. Yes. Uh, because of my family history. <laughs> that was a little bit. Because that's not usually represented in media. No. And the one time it was, it was very, it was very uh, graphic. And, and that was a little very hard. Very visceral. To, it was. Yeah. It was a little hard to watch. Uh, and. Druid goes about things the wrong way, but he's got a valid point. He does, and I, I do like the approach. Uh, and and it's there's a lot of conflicting personalities and opinions. Which obviously, it's funny that we would get this far with these characters, and it just now kind of rears up, right? You know, so it makes you wonder what the other planets were like that they had flattened. So I mean, it, it's very interesting that all of a sudden now they develop a conscious thought and conscience about around the population of earth well i the, and maybe it's Ajax just too many says it best though because sh- they have been witnessing the growth of humanity over mm-hmm. over the centuries and they have seen the rise of the avengers the individually and as the group right. they've seen what happened with thanos they saw how wakanda joined the world after they'd been isolated for so long and it just that message just too much is one of it's one of hope it's one of, if you, seriously if no, you you're right it is one of hope if you give us a chance eventually we'll pull our heads out of our butts and do something great uh, either that or we we'll end up in squid squid games well <laughs> that was a conversation <laughs> off mic that we won't repeat i have to believe i have to believe for my own sanity 
that we can get it together. I think so. I just have to believe that. The human race will get it together sooner or later. Hopefully. <laughs> if not, then there's a celestial coming, and, well, we know. Right. That's not going to end well for anybody. No. Uh, <sighs> that's about it. That is time, unless you got something else. No, because I could just ramble we, we on could and ramble. on. We know that Susie <laughs> and I are not going to agree on the Eternals. And maybe my opinion will change. Because my opinion has changed over the years on certain films once I watch them again. Right. I have time to disseminate. Maybe. Again, if I can see it, I might, I might change my mind. <laughs> I might. I would encourage you to revisit some of the trades, especially the Game and Run. The Game and Run is where I'm going to go. I'll and go back to that, and we'll we'll do a comparison, and, and that we'll big, see how I do. Um, the Marvel Encyclopedia. Do you? you uh, okay. Just hit that up okay. for a refresher on okay. some of the characters. Okay. It's a. Uh, it's a real low level, entry level. Yeah, thank stop, you. I appreciate but... that. <laughs> so I don't know anything about comics or cosmic <laughs> cosmic entities. Well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe if you isolate these characters a little bit, you will have more of an appreciation for them. Maybe so. You're absolutely right. Also, why do you yeah. hate Jack Kirby? I don't hate Jack Kirby. <laughs> I don't think Kirby was done a service in this. I think Kirby was had more of a service done to him with, like, Thor. And, you know, his, his right. that was more Kirby-esque than, than the Eternals. I mean, I'm glad that Kirby's not around to see it, but it's a nice nod to his I'm just creation. picking a fight with you. I know you are. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and there you go. On that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. We will be back next week with Lord knows what about Lord knows who. And uh, we'll just point figures at the stuff we don't understand. But in the meantime, <laughs> run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.